This is the Orange Podcast. Conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. This is Alan Reader. Thanks for tuning in for the latest episode of the Orange Podcast. This week, the spotlight was on Orange City Council's future city plans to upgrade our CBD. The latest plans have been released in recent days for the upgrade of McNamara Street, Lord's Place and Binger Street, as well as a whole batch of public art. Big, cumbersome organisations like local councils are usually all about minimising their risks. This week, we'll hear why a new council public art program, if it's any good, will be about taking risks. Well, I think if you're asking people to form an opinion, which is what good art does, then I think the risk is a very healthy thing. We want it to be the case that some people go, I really don't relate to that, but I love that. Uh, Some of the best art, you know, you don't like it at first, and then you read about it and you go, oh, that's really interesting, actually. I hadn't thought of that. And then you, you know, you become an ambassador for that project, which at first you didn't like or didn't understand. That's Brad Hammond from the Orange Regional Gallery. We'll hear some more from Brad later in the show about how Orange's new public art program is being rolled out. This week's been a major week for Orange's Future City campaign, a plan to upgrade the CBD. The Main Street of Orange is still to be done in future years, but the first couple of projects are now the first cabs off the rank. To find out some more, Orange City Council's engagement officer, Ellie Bryce. Ellie, you've been pounding the footpaths, talking to local businesses. Let's run through some of the things you've been talking about. In, in McNamara Lane, what's happening there? Yeah, Alan, I certainly have been panning the footpath. It's been a busy, honestly, a busy few six months. We've brought our businesses right along from the beginning, along with our community. Um, but if we're talking specifically about McNamara, we've got some really exciting stuff going on down there. Um, you know, a big investment. Um, you know, we're talking new road services, new footpaths. They're obviously our basic infrastructure and all the, you know, works underneath. But then we come up over up above ground sorry and you know we're talking murals on walls we're talking new lights right along the street from summer to kite we're talking festoons along the car park it's a fairly boring street at present it's a little laneway are there any trees there now there certainly are not alan and that's something we have quite quickly learned our community really wants um so that's something we're really keen to deliver on right around the cbd so what sort of trees are going in there on the eastern side the side that Aldi's on What's the, what would be the shape of the trees there? Yeah, we've got a bit of a narrower tree going there, Alan, just because we needed to know that we had symmetry right up the street and cars and pedestrians could still get by. But then on the other side, on the side of the blind pig and the hive, we've got a larger canopy tree that'll grow in there. There's a big um, empty car park there. How could that be more interesting? Yeah, at the moment, I guess it's constantly, obviously, full of cars and, you know, traffic movement there. Um, The idea is that if we light that space really nicely and resurface the car park, it can then become a space that comes to life on a weekend of an evening. So we're talking pop-up movies, we're talking festivals, potentially music gigs, markets of a weekend, that sort of thing, to really activate that space. One of the things that's been floated are some timber-framed portable seating areas. Um, I, I gather the space outside Orange residents would know as the blind pig. What's Describe what they might see there in future. Yeah, look, Alan, we refer to them as parklets, but they're like outdoor dining spaces. So imagine like a U-shaped wooden bench, but it's sort of a... 
built-in system that you just pop down and it's semi-permanent. So it looks like it'll stay there at this point, but there is room to move it if we see the need to. Um, But the idea is that it's a space during the day for someone to sit down, charge their laptop, drink their coffee, um, and then of a night it leaves room for places like the Blind Pig or other restaurants that might start up down there to spill out into that space of a night. So, you know, we're using it all the time. The next big project is... Um, uh, an L-shaped bit of road from Lord's Place from somewhere up to Bing Street and then Bing Street from Lord's Place down to the McNamara intersection there. What's planned? Yeah, look, we, you know, a lot of beautification, I guess. So we're talking centimedians on both those strips of road. Um, on the Lord's Place section where, re, you know, really nice advanced trees going in there right the way along and planted in strata cells. So they're, you know, those milk crate tot systems underneath the road to help them grow. Um, and then from Bing, on Bing Street, sorry, we've then got our lower shrub plantings. But the idea is that we introduce these centimedians with plantings. We've got a pedestrian cross on both streets because the idea of Future City is to make it more walkable and slow the place down. Um, so, yeah, we're just, you know, beautification, get our pedestrians across the road more safely and introduction of a lot more disabled car parking spots because we're lacking in those. One of the ways in which it's difficult for pedestrians to get around is someone was walking from Summer Street up towards the Civic Centre, say. You can see people pausing at that intersection trying to get across four lanes of traffic Uh, And that takes a while. They can be there for a while waiting for a gap in if they're watching for traffic on the roundabout, if they're watching for one of cars coming up four lanes. Um, how will Bing Street be different? How many lanes in Bing Street? Yeah, so as you said, Alan, it is a bit of a nightmare to get across. So we're talking, we're proposing of going from what we have now is four lanes down to two, so one in either direction. And the traffic modelling that our engineers have just got back actually shows that the traffic flow stays to the same quality because you're not going to get to the roundabout as a driver and second guess who's in that outside lane. You can just sort of steam on through ahead. And same for a pedestrian. Then you're only watching one car rather than, you know, cars coming in two lanes and then across the next section of the road. One of the underlying projects that's happening right across the region is, uh, across the CBD rather, it'll be having its first cabs off the rank in the McNamara Lane area. We're talking a public art project. Um, how long before we'll start to talk us through some of the process there? How long before we'll start to see some some public art, some murals, some installations happening in that neck of the wood. Yeah, so we've got a big budget for this one, $1.1 million over three years for our art. That includes, as you said, some murals, installations, sculptures, that sort of thing. Our gallery staff have been the ones leading that project with some other well-known artists in the field and some locals. Um, They basically have worked then for an expression of interest um, for artists to um, come and, you know, do some projects in town. Um, so we've now got our final 12, I believe it is, that um, we've asked to do a mock-up of for different sites around town. And we'll start to see those come to life by the end of this financial year. And we're talking, you know, beautiful murals that involve working with the local DPI here for their native bee species and bringing that to life or, you know, Aboriginal artists or, you know, people that work really well with textures and bright colours but on road surfaces. So there's, there's some funky stuff happening. It's the time for people to have their say. So Orange City Council wants to make a start in this financial year and, and get some, some concrete and some asphalt poured. That means they need to start work pretty soon. Um, the, community, uh, the community engagement and the consultation is now the chance for people to have their say. 
Most certainly. We, we invite everyone to jump on our Your Say site. Um, search that one up in Google and jump on and leave your comment because those comments are what will make the difference to you. We're, we're quite close with our plans. We think we've got it to where it needs to be from our consultation so far. But now's the time to have those final comments so we can then, you know, fix things up, make sure it's what it's meant to be and then go ahead. The community's already been involved. Your conversations with business operators in those two areas has already shaped things like the position of loading zones or the number of extra things, disabled parking, that sort of thing. Mm, most certainly. So we sort of went to them right along with 20%, 80% designs and they would come back to me with comments, as you say, look, so parking's great, but we'd love a loading zone. All right, let's pop one in because you don't have that yet. Or the fact that we've got a surgery in Lord's Place that um, obviously has a lot of people with mobility issues coming in and out. So they now have two disabled spots right at the front next to a pedestrian crossing. So it's things like that, which we've taken uh, those directly affected businesses along with us to help us make those changes. So now's the time for people to have their say, go to the Your Say Orange site. Then a report comes back to council. The council says, get on with it with a few tweaks, whatever the, the community has come back with. Um, and then hopefully starting to work. I suppose that means big projects going out to tender. That'll take a while to sort through. But uh, when are you reasonably confident there'll be th- some dirt being churned up in the uh, in the coming months? Yep, most certainly, Alan. We've got a, a budget to spend this financial year, and that is definitely our aim. So once our plans are ready, tenders are good to go. You know, in the next eight weeks, things are being finalised and off we go. And as an engagement officer, you'll be back in touch with local businesses to tell them when they can expect footpaths outside their shop being ripped up. Most certainly. Are they looking forward to hearing that news? Yeah, look, probably not, but they are expecting it. So they know that the end result is going to be worth it. They've been brought along so far. They're all really happy. So just continuing that relationship and knocking on their door to say, hey, in a couple of weeks, there'll be a bloke out here with an angle grinder, but let's work together and make it happen. Orange City Council's Engagement Officer, Ellie Bryce, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Alan. This week in Orange, there's been a whole lot of coverage of the latest stage of Future City. We've seen plans for Lord's Place, Bing Street and McNamara Lane unveiled, all sorts of concrete bricks and mortar projects. Underlying some of those has been plans for some public art uh, scattered right across the city and some places in McNamara Lane may well be among the first to find out some more. Brad Hammond from the Orange Regional Gallery. Brad, a big picture question first. Are you pleased that art is a part of such a major CBD upgrade like this? I think this is a once-in-a-generation opportunity. It's, uh, I think it shows great vision from council to include art in the regeneration of uh, city spaces and to have some uh, support for that from a budget perspective is really, really exciting. Spending almost a, a million dollars over three years is a lot of money to spend on art. Why is that valuable to the community rather than bricks and mortar footpaths and gutters? Well, all of those things are incredibly valuable, of course. And then uh, what art can do is get people to think about the spaces that they're in. So the kind of projects that we're looking for are engaging projects rather than just wallpaper on buildings. So we want people to kind of stop think about uh, you know where they're standing so the projects that we're looking at developing will make you reconsider the building it might make you reconsider where you're located in relation to those buildings it might make you aware of the history of some of those sites or even just structurally architecturally it might do something really dynamic so that when you feel that you're in that spot down that street uh, McNamara Lane for example you're excited by what you're seeing there so you've got obviously the trees and the new places to sit and so on but then there's also something which gets you thinking and maybe stimulate some conversation 
And the other thing we really want to see happen from this project, and I think we will see happen, is people traveling to Orange to see the project. So it's those sort of projects which are uh, stimulating enough that people will go out of their way to come and visit and see what they've heard about. The sort of way you're describing uh, public art in community spaces like that is intentionally risky stuff. Some people aren't going to like it, Brad. Um, Is risk an essential element of good art for you? Well, I think if you're asking people to form an opinion, which is what good art does, then I think the risk is a very healthy thing. And we want to have a range of projects, you know. So some people, we want it to be the case that some people go, I really don't relate to that, but I love that. Uh, that's important. Uh, risk is, you know, you take the risk of people not liking something, but at least they're engaging with it and they're forming an opinion. And then, but obviously we want to get the right balance of projects so that uh, people feel engaged and then affirmed when they find something they do like. Or they might, uh, some of the best art, you know, you don't like it at first and then you read about it and you go, oh, that's really interesting actually. I hadn't thought of that. And then you you know, you become an ambassador for that project, which at first you didn't like or didn't understand. So in the coming months, we'll start to see things. Talk us through the process of getting us to this point. How do you, how do you work out which artists to get? How, how have you invited them to be involved? Well, it's been an open process. So it's an EOI process. We did a call out at the end of last year uh, and they closed on the 3rd of January. We had 50 applications, which is a great first run. I should stress as well, this project actually runs over three years. So there'll be a few of these call outs happening. Uh, then from that, um, we had a panel of external uh, experts as well as a few people who work in the gallery and within council. And then we we looked at certain criteria such as the aesthetic merit, the skill, the strength of their concepts, previous work, previous experience. And from there, we selected 12 artists uh, who are now in the process of working up their proposals for actual sites, for specific sites. So we've walked around with them, looked at potential sites and asked each of them to develop proposals for at least two sites. From there, then, they develop a detailed design proposal, which looks at the costs of their project, the timeline, um, ongoing maintenance of the project, and so on. When will we get to see something? Presumably, there'll have to be a further cull if they're doing two options for every site. Will the, will the, will the, uh, the business owner, the building owner, get a say? Well, they're very important partners in the whole process. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we want them to be part of the conversation and uh, to have some some uh, role to play in it in terms of deciding, making decisions. Also, I think getting to know the artists, meeting the artists, hearing about their ideas is a really important part. And I think if a project like this is going to be worth anything, it will be organic. Like, it'll have an organic component. It's got to be something where, you know, we're dealing with new ideas. We're asking artists to be inventive and creative with our actual spaces. So that's not a straightforward process, and it should be a creative process, which involves the business owners participating in that, and then, of course, the broader community as well. So at some point, uh, a panel and the owners will decide on the final each artwork for each particular site? Yeah, the owners would be looking at mock-ups, which actually show their building with the proposed artwork. So they have a really uh, first really good idea of pretty much what they will get, or at least in that direction, so that we can then uh, evolve that concept together with them. And then that, so then the artist goes away, and um, the ones that get the Guernsey, some will miss out, won't they? Will they? Well, some, you know, uh, some of them, it it starts the good idea. They might have a brilliant idea, but it's just not possible, you know. And then we think, well. We just can't do that at this point. Let's look again in a couple of years. Let's revisit it if we can, and uh, you know, and they know that. They're, they're, so they're they're involved in the developing of design pros. Those that we do go ahead with, we'll we'll, we'll start off with something like six to eight 
projects in McNamara Street, uh, a couple on Anson, and we've got a few other sites in mind. And then there's a lot more to come down the next couple of years in terms of, um, you know, really interesting sites across laneways and alleyways, and you know, which will take spaces which you normally ignore or you just want to get through because they're not pleasant and turn them into a whole other kind of experience. Brad, I know what a mural is. What's an art installation? Yeah, we often get this question, what, what's an installation? The best way to think of this is something like, um, you know, it's not a picture on a wall, but it's something which might traverse a space between two buildings above your head, for example, or it might be made of light. So it might be uh, like a shifting light uh, array, array in down an alleyway uh, so that normally when you would look down there at night, you might just look down into a dark space, which looks like the back of buildings. Suddenly it's got, uh, you know, some kind of neon uh, structure that suddenly lights up and catches your attention or you look down it and you see a, a living drawing on the back wall which calls you down that alleyway or above you might be suspended really interesting objects um, and again so it makes you think about the space you're not just looking at a picture which has been stuck on a building you're thinking about the actual the space is activated with uh, three-dimensional objects but it's different to like a you know a sculpture standing in a park which you can walk around that's what we think of as sculptures so installations is a kind of interesting halfway point which is about uh, what is it doing with the space it's in are they more are they less permanent more temporary no they shouldn't be everything we're working on in the project we're thinking of at least five years um, but those you know with installations they do tend to be sort of constructions so uh, they're not like a solid bronze that you know no one can damage so we look at things like suspending them up high so they're out of reach uh, uh, you know the longevity is really important so they have to be feasible projects that have a lifespan of at least five years are they going to be vandal proof yeah well I think the thing is um, you're always asking that question when you deal with any public art. Um, generally, nothing happens, but you have to factor that in. So the artists are asked to consider that and propose how they will make their projects vandal-proof or if they are vandalized, what the repairs would involve. When it comes to murals, and we are doing some murals in the traditional sense, people will be relieved to hear <laughs> in some ways, uh, they will be coated in graffiti-proof paints, for example, and so on. Um, but... I think all good art involves some risk and some trust. Uh, and if you're not doing that, you're not really doing anything interesting. So, uh, But we will do everything we can to make sure the projects have a, a long life and become a source of community pride. All going well. Where will we see the first work? Starting installations will be probably May, June this year. Some of them, uh, because of the complexity of the projects, will probably roll over into spring. Uh, and then it'll just be ongoing over the next two to three years. Excited, Brent? Yeah, this is such a great opportunity. You know, I sort of pinch myself. I think, wow, this is this is visionary uh, for council to be um, thinking of the civic spaces in this way. Um, I think we're really lucky, and um, yeah, it's a real privilege to be able to work on it with these great artists that we're working with, and the support from everyone has been really, uh, I think, one of the most uh, meaningful parts of the whole project. Brad Hammond from the Orange Regional Gallery, thanks for coming in. Thank you. This week at Orange City Council, there was another routine council meeting to find out some more. CEO Dave Waddell. Dave, a positive meeting with the council this week? It was. It wasn't a huge paper, but there were some there were some pretty picky things in there. Let's look at a couple. Um, for a while now, we've had plans to build a conservatorium, but we're still short of about $5 million on a $20 million project. What's the council's decision there? Uh, the decision in the end was to add the project to the, the budget for next year. In other words, you know, put it out on exhibition and see what the public thinks. We've got 10 million from the local Fed, federal member, Andrew G, 
Um, we've got five we've found previously. So yeah, no, it was it was a good debate. It was unanimous from memory. Um, so now the exercise is to find the money in our reserves if we can, or in borrowings indeed, and then put it in the budget. Be interesting. Will that stop us going back to the state government and asking them? Oh, look, not at all. We'll continue to have all the dialogue in the world. The state government, remember, has been very good to us. You know, they gave us the art gallery extension. They've given us lots of road funding, water funding. So, I mean, you don't get everything you ask for. Sometimes you have to do it yourself. This week, there was also a call from a councillor to have us have a closer look at a controversial um, intersection in Orange, going from a traffic lights to looking at a roundabout up at Tilopia Way in the bypass. That's right. Glenn Taylor, who's always always had a keen interest in the um, NDR, the uh, distributor road, he's asked that the engineers go to the drawing board and take a fresh sheet of paper and see if a roundabout might work near where that McDonald's is. The interesting thing to see is the engineers are doing a bit of modelling to see how the new William Maker Hill roundabout has affected traffic in the area because that obviously was meant to be a big relief valve. So that'll be part of their work. Interesting. It's one of those things that that, that attracts attention and conversation. It's going to be good to have some facts and figures. Uh, Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Council also from time to time looks at uh, water and the future of water in Orange. We've had a few, um, it's good to see an annual report like that that looks at some major projects that we have had done and getting ready for the next drought. That's right, a continuous piece of work. Uh, I always said the work done in the last drought saved us in this drought. The one before that, etc. So we've had the Macquarie Pipeline, we've had stormwater harvesting. They've effectively helped this city in the future. Right now, we're still looking at projects to help us in the future. Councillor Scott Munro is floating the idea of a, of a new bike track out towards the north of Orange, to the, to the south of Orange. What's, what's planned there? Well, it's a request from the councillor for us to do a feasibility into an off-road or a shoulder cycle route all the way out Huntley, past the airport, back on Forest, through Spring Terrace and back down. Forest Road to the near the hospital or Gosling. I'm a cyclist, so if you you know any, anything like that's fantastic. But it would cost a pretty penny. We'll do that work. I'm sure it'll be a popular route. It, it's um, already used heavily by the cyclists, so yeah, we'll see what it comes back. With. This is the sort of ways in which you know the, the wheels of council grind on. An idea is put to a councillor, they float it at a meeting, things get investigated. It's all a, a sign of democracy working. Oh, absolutely. And I always say to councillors, that's your job. You think of ideas, you represent your ratepayers, you tell us what they want, and we'll go and see if we can make it work. That's our job. We're now six and a half months out from our next election. The council is looking at some some strategies to help spread the word that the election's happening, encouraging people to, to have their say about maybe standing. That's right. 11th of March... I think in the evening we've got a general session on if you want to be a councillor, how does that work? And there'll be a few there. There'll be a panel there who'll answer any question you like. And then I think on the Saturday or the Sunday, I think the Saturday, Alan, we have a session specifically for women um, run by the... Uh, the, the yeah, the Australian Local Government Women's, Women's Association. Association. That's yep. right. So look, come along if you've ever been interested. You know, September 4th. We'll be here very soon. If that person that you know from that other committee that you're on would make a good contribution, is tapping the people on the shoulder a good idea? Absolutely. Absolutely. 42,000 people. We want a representative bunch of the city. So, yeah, have a crack. Quiet weekend ahead, Dave? Yeah, I don't know what I'll do this weekend, actually. I think I might just chill out a bit. You have a good weekend too, Al. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. And thanks for joining us for the show this week. 
In a week where Facebook took their ball and went home, we've been encouraged to think about how else we can get the media and news we need to understand our world. So here's a favour to ask. If you're enjoying listening to the Orange Podcast, could you go the next step where you get your podcasts and leave a review on your Apple or Pocket Cast or wherever? Leave a review. That will help someone else find this show. Until next time, for the Orange Podcast, this is Alan Reader. Bye for now.